I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what everybody... 2022. Yeah, on the show we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear his voice? Chris Derrick in the building with us today. What's up, Chris? Doing well. Yeah? Doing well. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I told you I was watching that movie Coda last mm-hmm. night. If anyone hasn't seen it, see it. It's mm-hmm. so well done. It's an amazing piece of work. Um, you know what I love about it? I love the way it's shot. You know, hardly any telephoto lenses. Mm-hmm. I love it when you fucking don't use telephone lenses. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's simple in how it's executed, but it works so well emotionally. Um you know, it, like the title means, you know, um, child of a, a child of deaf adults, mm-hmm. and so and the whole cast is deaf is deaf is is really deaf. And what's interesting is the director, um, Sean Hader. She was saying that they like lear- like the department heads all learn sign language, so they could talk to wow. them. Oh, that's dope. That's and you know, and 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 then <clears throat> they were saying that at a certain points, like deeper into the shooting schedule they were signing to themselves like the dp was signed to the director you know like on set because they because because they could sign from far away mm-hmm. you know and, and and it just made things go faster i was like that's fascinating that's cool but, yeah but it's an interesting movie it's a great story what's what's it on uh it's on apple okay it's on okay. apple um and it's up for, it's up for best picture best director and shit like that which i guess the you know tomorrow but it's so fucking good so mm-hmm. i mean i i know people want that I'll talk about Power of the Dog but I was like I guarantee you enough people haven't seen this movie because what it says about humanity is so fascinating right. and um, and what's her name is still fucking uh, Marley Maitland is just, like fucking I don't know mm-hmm. she's still amazing like like, I said I liked Power of the Dog it just for me it was a real slow burn and I had I had some issues with some of the plot stuff you know performances you know, the way it was shot, beautiful. I mean, all that stuff is great. You know what I mean? The acting, and you, you can't beat it. You know, Cumberbatch was going to kill it regardless. Um, you know who we're going to have on the show? Since we have my man Carl Seaton in the building. Uh, Alice, Alice Wu, the director. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, she's dope. Um, I just like, we just were like uh, conversating the other day about, about having her back. Because I was going to have her right before the Rona. <clears throat> and then she was going off to do another movie or something. And then, of course, the Rona happened. So now she's shooting. So when she's back. We're going to have her back. So that's okay. Just that's cool. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today we got the big bro. We keep calling you big, <laughs> even though I'm older than your ass. Um, <laughs> Carl Seaton in the building. Up, y'all, y'all know him. Writer, director himself. 
out there killing the game. We so proud of you, brother. I appreciate uh, it, man. Appreciate doing it. Doing the most. Doing the most. Okay. Um, Nominated so for NAACP Image Award. He should have won. I'm going to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Happy to be here, man. Good to yeah. see you guys' faces. Yes, This indeed. isn't on Zoom, which is even better. I so. know. God, so I hated The last that. one wasn't on Zoom, was it? Yeah. yeah. Was it? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right after the pandemic had just hit, I want to say. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Boy, it's been that long? No, no, I thought, you, I thought you came in one time yeah, in person. I thought you came in on person. Maybe not. No, you remember. haven't been in since we came back? Wow. No, it's been a minute. Wow. Yeah, I think because we conversate or, or do yeah, stuff, yeah. we always think we're in each other's lives. That's, yeah. that's interesting. Uh-huh. Mm. And I, I mean, I hear you all every <laughs> Monday morning, so, you know. <laughs> it's a trip seeing you all's faces with the voices. Surreal. Yeah, it's a trip. We're happy to be here, brother, man. Thank yeah, you, man. Good, you know, we here. we always happy to have you, yeah. uh, especially in person. It's a lot of fun. I would love to do one with you and Jeff uh, Bird one day, too. Yeah, I'm, That'd I'm be definitely fun. down, man, especially when I'm in town. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. have to figure that out. But we know how Jeff is. Jeff is difficult to pin down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he's, he's an enigma. He's, 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 he's an enigma. It's like trying to get Charles Murray in here. Isn't it? It's like <laughs> you gotta get Charles in here too. That would yeah. be great with Jeff, Jeff Charles. Must that'd be hilarious. I, I, I remember one you all did with Charles. Oh Charles yeah, Charles and Gino. Yeah, yeah. Only, took me, only took me seven years to get him in yeah, here. But, but the gems he dropped that, oh, that episode yeah. were definitely yeah. worth the wait, man. Yeah, we had to we had to make that a part two one. It just needed it. It yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah. It was he has a film dropping April first. The Devil You Know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, with Omar Epps and. Um, like is it Mackay Pfeiffer? Um, I thought it was Michael Ely. It's Michael Ely. Michael Ely. Michael Ely. Yeah, Michael Ely. Yeah, Michael Ely. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's through his deal, right? He got that special deal, that Red Box thing. Oh yeah, I'm super excited for him. I'm super excited that he's got that. That's big, bro, right there. Yeah, I see his to everybody. I just listen. You know what I'm saying? Hand on the chin, like. <laughs> Tell me more, bro. Tell that, me more. Just talk about wise. Yeah. yeah. Been through a lot. Yep. Been through a lot. Yep. Yeah. The battle That's scars the tell you a lot, do you a lot. Yep. So, um, all right, Carl. So you're back in LA. You had a um you had a year. We'll just leave it like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had a year. <laughs> and, yeah. Um so what's let me ask you a question. So much of directing is crisis management. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in it, you know, in the day, it's not, not in prep. Is that the name of your new book you're going to write? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So. Because when you're in it, you're not even looking at it as a crisis. You just, well, you know, as filmmakers, as you all know, mm-hmm. we're, we're problem solvers. Every day you especially wake up. Especially coming from the indie world. Right, I mean, it's especially coming from the indie world. Yeah. But, you know, from the indie world up to, you know, the Avengers, you're solving right. problems. Right. Now, some problems you can throw money at to make <laughs> them go away. Mm-hmm. Some require, you know, ingenuity, you know, skill, craft, whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all solving problems. Right. So, you know, that, I mean, and going in with that attitude, like, okay, I'm a problem solver and I'm working with another a team of problem solvers. So let's focus on solving these problems as opposed to complaining about the problem at hand because right. we gotta we have to address this problem. And sometimes you can address it, sometimes you go around it, sometimes you gotta wonder it, you know what I'm saying? But the goal is just to keep moving, keep that momentum moving forward. Right. So, you a question. so so how do you, well, well, all right, let's talk about some strategies about, about what you do. Like let's say the, yeah, crew, let's get is, in. Let's get the, the crew is not <clears throat> performing at the uh, like a decent pace that's gonna affect your day. Because ultimately it's gonna, it's gonna land on you if the day is not made. Yeah, because mm-hmm. even the indie filmmakers can, can take game from for them. sure, sure, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in that situation, it's always you're always gauging the temperature of the environment. 
Right. Always. You can never just sit back and assume the environment is going to be this because it was this yesterday or mm-hmm. it was this this last episode or whatever. Every environment is brand new. Every day is brand new. Right. And so once you gauge in the temperature, you're also looking at the and, and as a director, you're looking at it from a macro sense where you're not just looking at it shot by shot, scene by scene. You're like, OK, this is the work for the day mm-hmm. that I have to get done. Mm-hmm. And it's a train. So you spend an exponential amount on the day at the top of the day that's going to chip into the time you'll spend on something at the end of the day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you, all, you always keep all of that in mind. You know what I'm saying? So you're, you're, you're looking at the, your, your game plan, which is your blueprint for the day, and saying, okay, what can I do to speed us up? You know what I'm saying? That we can maximize things and so forth. And it goes back to blocking, coverage, you know, sequence of shots. Then mm-hmm. you look and you're always economizing what you're doing. Like, okay, I want this. I need this. The goal is to get what you need and what you want, but you have to get what you need. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, your goal is to fuse the need and the want together as much as possible. Because I, I always tell younger directors, um, emerging directors, where I always say this: you should have your 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 list that you have to shoot, and then you have your wish list. Mm-hmm. So your wish is like, if we had twenty more minutes. You know, I might be able to do that low shot that I was thinking about. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. have that because that's where you get to play. Right. You know what I mean? That's when you have your moment of of, of experiment and experimentation and all that and having fun. Because you said sometimes you get on the set, shit be going wrong. Yeah. And you have to pivot all that and it happened to us. All that beautiful stuff you had planned because now the lights aren't quite working the way they said it was going to work. Oh, absolutely. And mm-hmm. now all those shots you planned this way have to now be cut this way. <laughs> Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so so being able to pivot is like so important. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's the key right there because you have to have the art of pivot is incredible. And that's why I read on like Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. Phil Jackson, coaches in sports, okay. athletes, right. because Tyson said it best, man. You can have a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? And any form of production you're on, you're going to get punched in the mouth or or kicked in the teeth Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. So having the ability to pivot, and and I say that because I remember back in the day in the the 90s when the Bulls were just running through squads. Now everybody just glorifies it and says, oh man, it was just a dynasty. They were just rolling through folks. They had some adversity. Nobody was a walk in the park. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? These cats weren't just laying down. But what I would what I would notice was how the first two quarters went, halftime, and in the third quarter. Mm. Third quarter, the game be blown wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Based on the adjustments and mm-hmm. the pivots that were made in halftime. Right. right. So I look at what, and, and I read a couple books by Phil Jackson. Same thing with Bill Belichick as well. Mm-hmm. These guys, they go in the lab. They say, okay, what's working? What's not working? Once again, what do I need? What do I want? And I pivot from from that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You you I've seen people on set. Go down with a ship trying to hold on to an idea because it was their idea. Ignoring the fact that this idea is kind of productive to the momentum of production and the making of the day and 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 then and and, and telling the story. Because right. you gotta honor the story first and foremost. You know, some people think it's me, 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 and it's my vision, blah, blah, blah. Story comes first. Mm-hmm. Story trumps everything else. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Right. Story is the umbrella over your vision performance and everything you know what I'm saying everything is under that umbrella so when you have uh, you know when you are in servitude to the story right. that keeps you kind of focused on and it, keep, it keeps you detached from your ego and it keeps you focused on the bigger picture at all times let me ask you a quick question <clears throat> you know how um, so how much time because a lot of a lot of you know filmmakers who want to you know uh, be a be a uh, director for TV right episodic TV like 
How much time do you usually have between the time you get the call that they want to offer you, you know, job on such and such a show and you get the script and you get ready to go produce this this show? You know, how how much time do you have? Because it seems like a lot of times, like when I talk to you and my other friends who direct, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got, you know, I got to get there. We shoot in like two weeks or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. You got a week or two of prep. Right. But one of the things that I hear from you a lot is how much you have mastered that script. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you find time to master that script and deal with all the other shit that's going on yeah, so, well, in such a short time? So you, you'll book a job months before you actually okay. start to work on it. Mm-hmm. But you don't get the script until... Because <laughs> they're, they're fucking writing so they're it. They're writing it. They're rewriting it. They're rewriting it. rewriting it. So you, you'll get it. Sometimes you can get it maybe a week or two before prep. Okay. Usually, in some shows, you get it the day, the night before prep starts. Mm-hmm. But once you get the script, man, you, you just dive into it. And you, you just start, you know, you're going through it, you read it. You, you read it for the first time. Like, I've learned to read it the first time just to see how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. Certain moments. And like, okay, what is this about? This is the moment that this whole episode is about. This mm-hmm. moment here. That's the theme. You know what I'm saying? Your thing, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, start to, you start to build your thematic thread. Mm-hmm. And that thematic thread is what you start to build the visual language off mm-hmm. of as well. So, and as you read the script, it, it, it never fails, man. You, re- you get a script and you read it and you read it again and you read it again. You start to, you start to get familiar with these character arcs mm-hmm. and, 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 and these pivotal scenes and which moments everything is, is hindering on. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's a familiarity mm-hmm. that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And as you as you go through prep, you have all these production meetings. You know, you start to in, 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 in infuse ideas that are all connected to that. So just getting familiar with it as much as possible. You know yeah, because one of those things I know that it's like if you just you know like being able to see my episode get get written, written rewritten a lot, those kinds of, and then coming down and talking with the person, the, the guy who's writing my episode. It's like what you're saying is so true. It's like you got to like go through and think about like, you know, where's the turn in every scene? Like the turn of the script? Mm-hmm. Where's the turn of, you know, yeah. you know that that's in each that's in each scene. So mm-hmm. you're prepping every scene cuz cuz like this is the thing that I that I stressed sometimes and we were in the writing room sometimes. Sometimes I could tell that the writers weren't thinking about what the director's job is yeah mm-hmm. blocking mm-hmm. schematics like a lot or just like hey the actors might ask you what this scene's about mm-hmm. and you have to be able to answer that as a director and if mm-hmm. it's not totally clear in the scene mm-hmm. for whatever reason and they're writing you know there's all this stuff there's all these other things going on in trying to get this scenes written it's I, to me it's, it's i mean like how much conversation like do you have with the writer doing prep so Great question, man. So some some shows you do the writers with you from prep through production, mm-hmm. which is awesome sometimes because you have someone that you can literally you have many tones throughout, mm-hmm. you know. But if that's not the case, I like to have a little pre tone earlier in the prep because tone meeting is usually towards the end of prep. Right. So if you have a pre tone meeting, and I use a pre tone meeting to answer the larger questions I have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then tone meeting, any other questions I've had since as I've gotten more familiar with the script, you start to develop, okay, what about this? And where's this person's you know background? And also you can discuss the mythos of characters in tone meeting as well. So you can dot I's and cross T's because you're right. You, you don't want to be on set with an actor asking, what is, what is, what is the meaning of this mm-hmm. for my character? And not have an answer for them. You know, and, and I, I prep like that now because I've done some shows working with actors that ask those type of questions. So part of my prep now involves like, okay, 
Well, this actor, well, this character want to know, okay, why am I doing this here and why am I here? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And these are the questions I can ask the showrunner or mm-hmm. the writer yeah. to get that ball rolling. And if I can do that early on in prep, I'll do it. Sometimes on, in tone, I'll do it. And having those answers ready to go really helps get you know the actor's trust as well because it tells them that you're thinking about this as well. Do you prefer to come on a show that's already been in a season or two or does it not matter to you to come on a show that's like, sometimes you got to do episode two or three, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. right in and that show hasn't come out yet, so you haven't really seen anything but the pilot. Yeah, you know, you know I mean? it's, so. it's pros and cons from both. Okay. You know, pros from doing a show this in five, season five, six, seven, eight, nine, they know the world. Mm. Number one, they know the world. The crew is a machine. It's a well-oiled machine. Right. So you, 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 you're walking into an environment, especially if you've done an episode before, you're walking into a very familiar environment where there's trust across the board. The crew has trust, the cast has trust. They know you because you've done work with them. So they don't, you're not just gonna come come at them with this bullshit note. Mm -hmm. Nothing's gonna be arbitrary. Everything's gonna be purposeful, intentional, and so forth. Now, coming on to a very new show, the the pros is that the possibilities are endless. You're building this world. So you can explore a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? And you're working with these actors, helping them find their characters' voices because it's not always figured out. Mm-hmm. So there's some mm-hmm. exploratory elements in that as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're pros from both. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cons with a show that's been around for nine years or, or, or whatever is it's, 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 a, it's, it's a machine. It, it has its language. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you constantly have, find, you have to find different ways. And you can still do it. Yeah. They have a, a specific box. Finding ways to tell that story in a, in a way that they haven't seen before that doesn't violate the box is the challenge for me as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a with a new show, you know, finding the visual language of the show that hasn't necessarily been established mm-hmm. and help helping to establish that visual language. Okay. So that that requires some effort. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, any kind of backstory for these characters you get from the writers as well that can help once again answer their questions on set. Like here's why your character would not do it that way, mm-hmm. and they do it this way instead mm-hmm. because of something that happened. You know that triggers you from here in mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. So yeah. you know it, it, every experience, every episode you do on a show, whether it be the season nine, season one, season five, season three, uh, larger network, smaller network, network, every experience is different. Right. Every experience, and every episode has its own set of challenges. Right. Let me ask you something about the tone making. Right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I, I remember somebody came in. It was one of the guys who did our, an episode, season two on Trek, had said that on. Um, Gotham, they did the tone meeting like the first or second day of prep mm. for the director, mm. and and they heard and there was a conversation with the showrunner and the guys. Uh, they'll be like, "Oh, is that, is that something we should do?" Because I, and I'm wondering how much difference do you think it would make if the tone meeting was sooner? Well, if if the script has a lot of problems, the sooner the tone meeting, the better. Because then you can you can get them out. They can start the discussion, and with a great showrunner and a great writer, you can ask the right question, and they'll hear it, and that'll start to pull the yarn, mm. and they will start to fix. So, like when I read a script, I look at it and say, okay, if I have any questions or or or, or anything I may bump on, I'll list them, and if I let's say I have eight things I bump on, right. I look at the top three, and those top three. If they if if you present them in a way, they will answer them and they will fix four through eight. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So the larger the it, issue, indirectly fix indirectly fix yeah. those. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's what I'm saying. you always want to figure out. Okay, what's the larger looming issue 
with this script mm-hmm. in the macro sense, you know, with, with the story, with the character arcs, with some of the choices they make. And that way you're able, and, and like I said, when you're working with a writer who is listening actively and they'll hear it like, got it. Mm-hmm. I did a show once and there was one question I said, okay, they did this, but this never played a part of the story again. Mm-hmm. And they were like, so they set something up, but never. Right. It's mm-hmm. a huge setup mm-hmm. that never paid off. Right. That was the biggest issue of the script. Mm-hmm. And the, the writer hearing that is like, got it. Went back in and started to pay. Not only did, he, did they, did they, they pay it off. They put all the seeds and they, they, put seeded, the seeds they seeded in. So that until, thread started to come, mm-hmm. to, come to life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, so having a tone meeting early could have a pro. I, I would definitely want to have a recap tone meeting of some sort towards the end of prep. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, and I love tone meetings. Man. I've had hour-long tone meetings, hour-and-a-half long tone meetings. I've had three-hour tone wow. meetings. I've had... Tone meeting part one. Because you do on page one. Page oh, two, oh, yeah, we, like, we go, yeah. we go, yeah. we go. And yeah. I've had a, a tone meeting that was like on Godfather of Harlem. Mm-hmm. My part one was two hours. Part two was an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's just because, like you said, we started at page one, mm-hmm. and you're asking questions, and, and this is the time to get into the writer's mind. And I look at it; it's the cheat code. Mm. They're giving me the map quest or the ways to navigate these scenes right. so if an actor isn't getting it or, or or not understanding why are we doing this this doesn't make sense here's here's the why you know what i'm saying i've learned when and this is with, not just with actors this is with crew this is with everybody when someone understands the why right. they might even agree with it but if they understand it they're more along to say okay I, I don't like it personally but i get why you're doing it do, do you prefer to talk more technically to them about what you're going to do or do you talk more emotionally about where the story is emotionally, and how it's going to emotionally okay. I'm, I'm not that I'm not the technical guy like can you, that can you give us an example of like what hmm. what like how that might happen in a let's just say um, we're in a court scene just spitballing here right mm-hmm. we're in a court scene on such and such a show and you know your hero is about to go on the stand you mm-hmm. know what I mean we know it's going to be a revelation of you know, he's going to get his daughter back. You know, spitball. Okay. You know what I mean? I, I, I got one. Okay, so for example, there was a, a scene on, on one of my episodes of Bull where right. a father took the stand to get his son off. His son was a, accused of murder. Mm. The father had been accused of murder years before mm. and had been in jail for 11 years who had been wrongly convicted, who had just mm-hmm. got exonerated. And the day he got exonerated, his son got arrested for murder. Mm. So the father goes on the stand and says, I did it. Mm. You know, so, but in talking with the actor, I said, you know, it, it was more so than him being accusatory. Mm-hmm. We, I wanted to show that, because I wanted to be obvious that the father clearly didn't do it. Right. But I really wanted to show that this man is willing to do whatever it takes to get his son out of prison. Right. Even if that means him going back in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so you, you, you want to tap into the humanity of it. And that's that's the main thing. And of course, I do. Bull can tell if you're lying or not. <laughs> right. They, I mean, they're going to peep it, you know what I'm saying? But he, he, the Bull was working with this guy. Right, but, right. It was the curveball that nobody saw coming mm-hmm. in that moment because he he hadn't told anybody what he was about to do. He he didn't ask advice or anything like that. He just kind of did it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they were like, "Why did you do that?" He said, "Because I didn't want my son to go through what I just went through." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And once, like I said, I always I, I can always, handle it, right? Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just went through this. Yeah, and I don't trust the system, mm-hmm. so I'm not gonna allow. I'm not gonna wait for the system to have his back because it didn't have my back. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. once again, I'm always trying to find ways to tap into the humanity, and that's what's working with the actors working with you know with, with everybody you know you just try to figure out like you know th- this there's an emotional moment coming up mm-hmm. down the road so let's save that for this as mm-hmm. opposed to you know getting it going 
So let me ask you a question. So in, in shooting that, did you talk with the actors or the, or the writer about, hey, I'm going to shoot this like this. I'm going to shoot this maybe wide the whole time. And then when the guy like says, I did it, I'm going to put it on the crane or the dolly and have the, and, and, and I mean, I mean, no, did you, did you I do talked that? To, I talked to the DP. You talked to the DP about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah cause, mm-hmm. cause I remember a couple of times on Trek, people would come into the meetings and they'd pitch these big ideas they wanted to do, you know, everyone, uh, and then they'd come in and be like, that was fucking cool shit. That was fucking cool shit. Cause again, it's Star Trek, you know, they think you do shit. And then they'd be like, how are we even going to execute that? Like, how are we going to do that? I mean, like, do they know? Because, like, they would, the thing that they didn't know was <clears throat> the the pace of our crew. Mm-hmm. And not as if the crew is bad, but because Patrick Stewart was the old guy, kind of like working with a kid where you're not going to get him all day. Mm-hmm. And and the day, the day would kind of, like, like the horses would, would get unshackled once he had left the set, mm. you know, because mm. everything was kind of like was at his pace. Mm-hmm. Then when he's gone, it's like at the, the next youngest person's pace, mm. you know, who was like 40 years younger than him. So it's just interesting to see. So sometimes, sometimes directors would pitch ideas about what they wanted to do visually in those early meetings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then, then we'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Or it'd be like, Gotta break it to them maybe next day or two days. <laughs> well, you gotta always weekend. have proper expectations. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've pitched. I mean, you always want to swing big. You want you want you want to pick those moments. You just you're not swinging yeah. big every scene. Mm-hmm. So you say, okay, I want to I want to get this going. And the reality of production will definitely let you know yeah. if it's doable right. or if it's not. Yeah. Sometimes you can pull it off. Sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're like, man, that was a great idea, but what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> now we got to do it, and I don't know if we have the time or the bandwidth to do it. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you know, but you I always want. I just knew that one was going to work, didn't like, it? <laughs> yeah, and, and sometimes you have to modify one. Right. You know, and that's the thing, man. You, what you have in your head, and what you write down in your shot list might be cool, and then you get on set that day, like. Oh, you know this location does not afford. Mm-hmm. This is not, I can't mm-hmm. afford. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why you get there early mm-hmm. and you're mapping it out. Like, okay, we got to pivot. Once again, mm-hmm. you got to pivot. Like yeah. the idea, and you JD, listen, the idea I had, let's modify this. And you you bring in others for expertise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You bring in your DP, you bring in your production design. Like guys, here's the idea. This isn't happening here. What can we do <laughs> to get this going again? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, and everybody, the AD, everybody can attribute. They can contribute, man. And and in doing that collaborative way, everybody starts to everybody's invested. Mm-hmm. And and every, and when you pull it off. There's a sense of accomplishment, achievement. Mm-hmm. It helps everybody get through the grueling day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you come in with big ideas, man. I, I definitely, I'm swinging for the fences, man. Especially <laughs> if they know me, like, all right, guys. And I tell them, like, hey, here comes a pitch. Mm-hmm. I'm about to swing for it, and they were like, hmm. We, you know, always yeah. the line producers looking at the money, like, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The line producer, so, like this? yeah. So a 747 lands on the moon, right? Right, get it. <laughs> so, sometimes it's like, but but sometimes if you come at it in a way that makes it doable, right? They they'll they'll rock with you. You know what I'm saying? Especially you come. Sometimes you can come with an idea that may seem big, mm-hmm. but actually in the long term gives, makes the day faster. Mm. Saves time mm-hmm. and money. Mm-hmm. They're like, we love it. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. you know, but you, you, not every idea you throw out is gonna fly. Just just like with writing, anything mm-hmm. creative, you know. And that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned, you know, just in my career. And I tell this to everybody: do not be afraid to fail. Don't look at failure as I don't want to say anything because then they're gonna judge me for everything else I say after that. You know, mm-hmm. the, re- the real talents are like I'm gonna throw it out there. And it may not be, it may be an undercooked idea. It may mm-hmm. just be a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But you got to get them out there to get to the great ideas. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and in doing that, you 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 develop a sense of of, of comfort mm-hmm. in yourself and your abilities. And your craft swells like that. You know what I'm saying? But when you're constricted 
like not being like I don't want to fail, I don't want to mess up, I don't want to mess up. You constrict yourself and you limit yourself and you, and you hinder your creative possibilities. I don't know See, if you heard. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I I saw this um I saw this thing on the internet the other night, and they were talking about like, you know, um, about like doubts and failure, right? And it was saying you know, doubts kill dreams more often than failure does. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you fail, you can pivot. You can say ah, you know what, I. I can still go to the dream. I just need to find another right. another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you doubt yourself on something, which could be not presenting the creative idea, some some idea you have that's kind of like crazy, then it's like perhaps perhaps they're like, oh yeah, we can't figure that out. But you like, but if you don't say it, right. then you're never gonna know what was gonna happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some or you if you say the idea. They might be like the line producers. Everyone else might or the VFX guys might be like. Can't do that. You know, what we can do. We can do this. St- that we, yeah. that services your idea, mm-hmm. but it, but in an affordable way yeah. and shit like that's, that. That's interesting. I listen to you know I'm a podcast head as we all know. <clears throat> I listen to this podcast called Masters of Scale, and they interview like all these you know creators and inventors and entrepreneurs and stuff. And every single one of them who created whether it was Uber or whatever had a plan and had to pivot it to what it became the thing. Yeah. And think about how many people come up with an idea and give up on it, mm-hmm. you know, because that idea didn't work instead of, instead of going, well, I know I started this as a clothing de- design and it's actually just gonna become a hat store, yeah. <laughs> whatever it is, mm-hmm. instead of realizing what the thing is it's selling the most, yeah. they still are so focused on it being the thing that they envisioned. That yeah. it, well, know. no, I mean, look, I mean, look, I know you know I've been writing that horror movie, I got the first draft done, mm-hmm. and when I was rereading it, I realized that like my mythology was so fucking too, there was too much in the backstory. Mm. And I was like, there's no way that anyone actually reading this will understand enough of right. the mythology because I don't want to have, it was already like a seven page like exposition dump with like flashbacks. And, <laughs> right. and I was like, this is not going to work. Mm. How do I like trim down the mythology? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out how to do it for like two weeks. It's, it still kept being too complicated, too complicated. And then when I was, and each time I was like, God damn it, that means if I rip all this out, then all this is going to get ripped out. And, and there was that certain moment, a certain moment where I, I was like, do I even want to finish this script? <laughs> That's when you're cooking right there. We've all been there. You know what? Yeah, but I said to myself, how many about people just like, just like stop? They don't want to finish the work. Yeah. They, like, like the the most. Ro- people, I say mo- mo- yeah, most. most. Though, yeah, sure. like the rope, yeah. the roadblock hits them, and then like, uh, and then I was uh, talking with this guy. I'm working this that hood thing on, mm-hmm. and he just was telling me he was like, "Well, like, why don't you just get rid of one of the demons?" And I was like, <laughs> "Uh, we see." Mm-hmm. And then it was more work to kind of get a get a stream down, and then I had this really fucking amazing idea, and I was like. Oh, this can make it all work, mm. you know. But mm-hmm. to me, like two weeks stepping away from mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know. But you got to step away. But, but the yeah. thing about like I, my whole point is, is like when I mean, you hit that roadblock and mm-hmm. you might not want to finish it. Most people, and, it's, and it was so easy for me to not want to do it yeah. because I had it's, other, easy, it's the easiest there's, route. There's to take. other shit going on. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. do and everything like yeah. that. But I was like, no, 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 no. But that's and that's why you have to kind of study origin stories. Like I'm, I was, I was a comic book geek mm-hmm. later in life, not as a kid. And I was fascinated by origin stories. Like I remember seeing uh, when Spider-Man had on the zygote that became Venom and oh, Carnage. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah, where'd he get that from? Well, he sent me the Secret Wars. <laughs> oh, Secret Wars, and I'm yeah. like, yo, oh, okay. So I say all that to say like, 
even reading uh, Phil Knight's book Shoe Dog, mm-hmm. he didn't ha- he didn't know Nike was going to become Nike. He 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 wanted to make a good shoe, mm-hmm. and if you see how the, the it evolves, man, you see the mistakes he's made, the ideas and the the, the pivots. Mm-hmm. It tells you like this is a part of the process. You know, you would be no different. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and by doing that, it 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 demystifies it to a lot of people. Because a lot of people think you gotta come in, batting a thousand, hitting grand slams and home runs nonstop. And that's how you get that's how you get going. When it's really these bunts and base hits and just getting the bat and strikeouts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, st- reading up on, you know, origin stories from a lot of people like Nikola Tesla, man, yeah, I mean his yeah, life yeah. is Anybody that's read the Forty Dollars of Power, he mentions Nikola Tesla it's throughout all the time. The all the time. Throughout Someone who has a lot of shit. And he, man, what he went through and how it began, how it ended, is is tragic. But it just tells you, like, the creative process requires that. And you're right; it's so easy to get to a point where you like you just want to stop. It's just like running a marathon. If if anyone's ever run a marathon, there's a, they call it the wall. Yeah, and the wall can hit hit anywhere between mile fifteen, mile twenty one, twenty two. Right, right. And that wall, I, I run four. And even on my fourth one, the wall was still there. Mm. It's even worse because you had it before. Like, oh shit, here comes the wall. Right, now I'm in the wall. Well, you just want to stop. Like, right. I want this to be over. Get I through sit it. Down. Get through it. God damn it. And Get your through voice it. is like, keep going. You're like, man, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you, you, you fight through it, mm. and you fight through it, and fight through it. And that's the thing. It doesn't always have to be pretty. People always want to be. You know, they wanted. They want the optics to look great, right. and they come out. You know, shining and and polished and glistening, and sometimes you got to get ugly. You got to mire in the mud and, and come out, you know, on some Andy Dufresne type shit. Let me ask you something right quick. So I don't know if you heard my last episode with my dude Rich Parker, uh, stunt guy, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he was he was talking about how. And this is my question for you. I'm just going to preface this. But he was talking about sometimes he'll show up, you know, as the stunt double or whatever on a certain show. And the director may not be as experienced sometimes. And they'll have these illusions of grandeur what they think they can do because mm-hmm. they saw it in a movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you avoid that as a director? And how do you grow and, and, and deal with your stunt coordinators and everybody and have conversations like that. Mm-hmm. You, you know where I'm going? I know I, if I I do, yeah, yeah. Well, the delusions, of, the, the delusions of grandeur happen because of inexperience, mm-hmm. but it's a combination of inexperience with big ideas. And you can't squash the big ideas because that's a part of the dream. And, as a, and you, you gotta fuel your dream. Right. You gotta feed the dream. However, when it becomes real time, you have to sandwich your expectations into reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that comes from experience. Right. You realize, I've been here before. Oh, I would want to do this. We can't do that. Because mm. if, if I do that, that's all I'm going to have for the day. So all this work will be compromised. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that, like I said, as you each time you step up to the plate to direct, you're putting something in your arsenal. Well, you should be putting something in your you, you should be learning some lessons. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I got this thing where after every episode, I said, what are the five things I learned? From this episode, oh, that's correct. And sometimes it's five, sometimes it's eight, <laughs> sometimes it's one huge one. One is enough. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But well, there's but always a lesson you learn. learn. You got to. Yep. You have to learn. Yep. You, I mean, look, that's just a great thing. It's like I don't know how many times I've sat down and like done just in pages and pages of of journal stuff. Like, mm. okay, so this is why I did this episode or this project that worked. Or or the crazy shit is. 
something I had worked on something before, I tried it now and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, and, and then you kind of like have to say, what was the circumstances that caused it to work the first time? Mm-hmm. Why didn't it work the second time? Is it something that's repeatable? That's the thing too, because you, you think about what's repeatable mm-hmm. in the process. Right. Yeah. And you really can only do that if you do this self-analysis right. kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And then you can't even rely on it sometimes. You know what I'm I was just reading yesterday on my Robert, my Robert Greene daily thing, the uh, negative, oh. negative capability. The mm. blue book, you got the, the blue, blue book. book. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, every morning I'm in. I'm in, I'm in it every morning. Yeah. yeah, and that negative capability means you can't get accustomed to. Well, you can't just be rote in your ways. You have to always, you know, if someone has something very different from yours, you have to give it a listen, mm. give it a try, and then see how you can incorporate that into what you're doing. Mm. That keeps you growing. That keeps you learning. Keeps you elevating. You know, I, I always step on set saying, okay, these obstacles are opportunities. Mm. These obstacles are that take the pressure off you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look and say, let's yeah, yeah. living in that op- like okay, this is an opportunity for me to achieve, learn, execute on a different level. And you do, come out. Do of you this. ever come in there going, I don't need to know everything? Oh, I, always. Okay. Yeah. Always. Well, you should never. Think Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, that's what I lead with. Hey, lend me your expertise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what I'm trying to do. How can we do this more efficiently? Like I had one one setup that was three shots. I asked my DP, I said, yo, man, lend me your expertise. Hmm. This is three setups. How can we do this in one? Man. He said, we can just do this. Boom. That's why you're here, my man. That's why you're here. You know no, what I'm saying? This, so, it, it, you know, I mean, look, that's the humility. That's the humility. That's the collaboration. Like, what's your man's name? Um, Ryan Holiday. Mm-hmm. You know his book? Um, he goes enemy. He goes enemy. Oh, and, yeah. um, um, an obstacle is the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, the, the ob- it's just a great title because it's like, you are going to hit that obstacle. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is it going to break you or you have to go through it? Right, mm-hmm. And if you can go through it, that's like, and the ability to be calm going through it mm-hmm. is <laughs> such key. It's interesting you were saying something the, the, a few minutes ago, what it, um, uh, something about about stuff that you don't know and asking people for things. And I mean, I mean listen, dude. Oh, oh, I just, yeah. It's it, like, it, people try to compensate about knowing everything and people can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm wise enough to realize sometimes I'm working with people that have two, 300 hours of real-time craft. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't. That's a big and I difference. don't. The big difference. Yeah. So I'm like, I have an opportunity mm-hmm. to mine them for, you know, knowledge, mm-hmm. their resources, their insight, mm-hmm. and apply it to what I'm doing. Why would I not do that? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Once again, you got to get out your own way sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it comes from... Acknowledging if you have any form of insecurity, mm. acknowledging it. That's the biggest step. Right. You're not going to necessarily defeat it. But if you acknowledge your insecurities and say, you know what? I'm not the most technically savvy person. I know this about mm-hmm. myself. So let me go in here armed with that information so I can you know, present what I'm trying to do and communicate effectively what I'm trying to do so that we can get the idea right. and the intention more so than it pitch perfect to, you know, what I what I wanted to do initially. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was a um, interesting you bring that up. You were talking earlier about how you like to pitch the emotion and things <clears> like <throat> that, and and you might not be talking about like, hey, I want to get this lens on and blah blah blah. You know, um, and oh, I'm bringing up what you said about how you did you learn something from every episode, right? This is the thing. It's like I remember when, like, when we were doing Ticker. Mm-hmm. I right before we did that, I had read that. Um, uh, I read the, the, these. Uh, I was reading this book called 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 Notebooks. It's called a uh, Ilya Kazan's Notebooks. Mm, okay. 
And he was talking about, well, the thing I do a lot of times is I do like a, like a, um, um, a pro shot list. You know, to to help figure out what the what the emotional things I want to do in this scene, like, hey, so so and so has to feel like bad in this scene, and that's gonna translate into I'm gonna need to get the close up for her here, and mm-hmm. things like that. And that was something that like that like I had, you know, like I'd never done that before when I did this thing, but it was helpful because when she started going crazy with the the the, the, the monitors not working, all this kind of stuff, I was like, okay. What I really want to do is 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 get this emotionally out. How how do we do this? And it doesn't matter. At that point, the technology or what you're gonna do doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. a, it's 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 an interesting thing to keep finding the things to do. I remember on Star Trek, there's this woman named Jane Mags who like she like had no interest or any <clears throat> kind of thing about science fiction or Star <clears throat> Trek or anything like that. You know, but they but. She worked on Man Who Fell to Earth before, like right before, okay. like swung in, like literally on a Friday she wrapped that, on Monday she was in our room, wow. Wow. so it was no break. I just realized that, that's, and and then she went for sixty weeks, so she's gone longer without a break on anything. Um, wow. um, but she would approach every scene solely from the emotional pivots. What, what did she do? She's a writer. Writer, She's a supervising producer. But I'm saying, like, you pick up stuff from people whose expertise and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and, you know, and there'd be times when we would get stuck and paint ourselves in a corner about some sort of plot thing, you know? And she could easily brush all that aside and say, <laughs> don't worry about that. What's going to happen to them emotionally in this scene, right. you know? And it made it easier for me, like, now, like, when I'm writing something new, I was like, you know what, as... If if this part works, mm-hmm. everything else is not. It's just a, it was just this new skill set that I picked up. You yeah. know, it's, it, it's, that, it's, it's important, man, because it, you also you also have to remind yourself because because of all the technicality involved in the f- craft of filmmaking. Right, right. At the end of the day, if the audience doesn't connect with the content, mm-hmm. all that technical doesn't just, really matter. Doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? And my goal is always if 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 I'm doing something, if the audience member is watching it, first step. Put your phone down. <laughs> put your laptop, your iPad, put them down. Don't be trying to tweet. Don't be trying to live right. tweet. And, and then lean in. You know what I'm saying? If you, can get them, if you get them to lean in, that means you're getting them to invest in this story. Mm. That's always the goal, mm-hmm. to invest in the story. And as the audience has gotten so much more sophisticated, you have to use even more nuance and creativity to get them to invest. Because mm-hmm. they're always trying to say, oh, this is about to happen. And if it does happen like that, mm-hmm. see, I knew see, it. See, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, you always I mean, want to find ways to keep them on their toes. Oh, that's yeah. the thing I worst. That's the thing that I hate the most. Oh, I, I know. So you're saying about the the crew and stuff like that, and how much much more time. It's interesting that if you're like in the writers guild or you're a director or something like that, you can get into the guild by doing like you write a movie, one movie, or you do epi- do direct a movie, do episodes of TV. It's like one thing you do and you get in. Or you come in as an AD. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, but, but, but if you want to get into those guilds, there's hours, there's, oh, yeah. there's days you oh, gotta do. Like yeah. it's like you gotta get a thousand days. Oh, it's an AD, yeah, yeah, it's AD for all that yeah. shit. Yeah. And, and 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 not like getting three SAG vouchers. No, and you're no, no, you know, you're in. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's so so. It goes back to your saying about like lean on their expertise because yeah. if they're there in if they're in the union, they've had to do their thousand days or where the fuck it is, yeah. or, you know that you didn't have to do. Right. And it's therefore it's like it's part of your extreme hubris to think that those people can't help you. Yeah. you I know? mean, I just did Equalizer, and my DP Ron Fortunato. My episode is kind of a about jur a, a group of jurors, twelve jurors 
deliberating on a, on a verdict. Mm-hmm. He worked with Sidney Lumet. Oh shit. shit. He Dude. shot for Sidney Lumet. Shit. So I'm like, yeah, you might want to listen. We going 12 angry men style. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So just having these type of conversations mm-hmm. with him and to and to, to, to to know that he worked with Sidney Lumet and has that kind of background, mm-hmm. kid in the candy store. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we're, I'm coming up with stuff like, yo, let's do this and that. He's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's I mean, it's just a part of the process. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you find yourself working with people that have experience, you know, you just want to mind that. It, it once again, it's an opportunity. Where you can, you know, open yourself up, mm-hmm. and it's humbling because you say, "Okay, I don't know everything, but I do want. I, I have an idea. I have a plan. Mm-hmm. I just don't know everything." Right. That doesn't make me inept or inefficient. You know what I'm saying? And and that allows you to receive knowledge and insight that otherwise may come years and years from now. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think by doing that, it makes you bulletproof so that when obstacles come your way, it's not just you dealing with the obstacle. Mm-hmm. You got a whole armada attacking it, and it's, it's and same thing happens. You know when when you're on set, and because the, the crew's always watching you, because right. the crew gets all kind of different people I'm in sure. that director's chair. Because they're the same. They're the same. <laughs> exactly. They, they know how they work. All. They don't. They've been doing this right. since July, August, or whoever. <laughs> right. So you come in, they're like, okay, do we have an idiot with us? Do we have somebody? <laughs> that we, can we trust this guy? Who, 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 who do we have mm-hmm. here? And when you see them say, okay. Hmm. We'll follow you in the war. Yeah. Let's go to battle. And, and that's, as a director, you know, that's, that's what you prepare for. Like, okay, I'm not just going to step on set trying to figure it out that day. Like, uh, give me a minute. Some people do. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And I, for some people, it works. As an independent filmmaker, that would never work for me. Hmm. No. Because, I mean, and that's coming from a landscape where you don't have a safety net. Like, okay, we shoot in this room. I will never be in this room again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Ever. I got to get what I need to get because once again, mm-hmm. we'll never be in this room again. And sometimes on these shows, you find yourself. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, I was in a courtroom mm-hmm. up in Yonkers. And I was like, mm. okay, we're not coming back to this room. Mm. So I got to get all these beats now. You know I'm saying now. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's another thing that, you know, I've learned writers appreciate from me because I, I, I want to make sure I get these beats. I don't, I don't gloss over beats. Mm-hmm. I don't just gloss over moments that could be even more. That's, you know what? That's the thing that I loved when I was um, shadowing on the, the, two, the final two episodes of Picard when I didn't have the weight of I might have to go back in the room after lunch. Or I got to run upstairs. I only be here about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Can't really watch too much going on. I just sit here and my episode is done. You know, I'm off the show, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. I'm already looking for the next job. But I go there and just get to hang out and really relax. And the three guys who were there, Terry, the showrunner, was directing, and his two guys, Sean Tretta and Chris Monfett, who came from 12 Monkeys with him, mm-hmm. who, I mean, and, and, and those guys, like, like started all together on that and did four seasons. They were really, really tight crew. They would talk. I mean, those guys would come up and say, hey, but make sure you, like, get this moment, get this moment, get this moment. Because they would complain when we were in the writer's room and we watched the cue take and go, mm. they didn't get that moment. Mm. Why didn't, and then they'd have to call down, like, hey, can you make sure that you get this again? Mm-hmm. You know, or make sure that you, you build this. And it's interesting to see that, that you know, that just like, oh, yeah, like, there's so much flexibility you'll give the writer, showrunner, editing. If you get all those moments, a couple times mm-hmm. so they're like oh you gotta hear you and we can so there's just we can, because you know you'll get your director's cut 
but the studio's got to go through it. Mm-hmm. And so the showrunner, sure. all those kind of people. It's like five other cuts. After yeah, you know, and you. Ba- yeah, yeah, and 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 the, and and they need the option to go back to the shed to pull out different shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you know whatever it is, and it's like if you've gotten those moments, enough of them, big enough, small enough, different angles, so therefore that you know, so so they don't like worry about we didn't get this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You didn't get this as a director. Let's not bring him back because we can't now because he didn't know to get what we need. You know, well, the shot list. The shot list encompasses a lot of those beats. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And even still, sometimes, you know, when you're moving quick, the speed of light, or you're like in 20 degree weather, freezing, some of those beats, you just like. I'm not even thinking about the beat. <laughs> I'm trying to get this done. Because my dick is cold. <laughs> I need to Freezing like, my ass off. off. Yeah. I can't feel my toes. <laughs> my fingers are done. You know, so having that shot list and those beats helps you. And then also sometimes, and, and sometimes you'll miss a beat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie and say, I'll catch every beat. No, some some of them just get missed. And a writer can just say, hey, let's, let's grab this. Like, oh, yeah. And, and to remind you, like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to get this. I just In this moment, because of the urgency and the environment, Things, something slipped through the cracks. Let me ask you a question, because uh, we haven't seen you in over a year now. Are you you still on Fridays dressing up? Yeah, that's still your thing. Yeah, unless I'm outside yeah. in the tundra. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Getting snowed on well, in the field you with wear, geese. You know, got his Stacy Adams on in the snow. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. No, you can uh, have like some UGG boots nah, on man. and like you know, and, and like if a, I'm outside with, 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 with the fur, with the fur, yeah, with the fur, with the fur, with the fur. He's got a coat on. Got his moccasins on. All you see is this right here. This all you see. I got the skull cap, the scarf, the neo boots, the polo. Parker, I yeah, saw your not. boy Joe when he was in. He was <laughs> Joe Wilson was in fucking. Febu- I guess oh, was February. He, he, was, he was there. Oh, he was he mad was, as fuck. So cold. He was so mad cold. as fuck. You yeah. know. Oh my goodness. And you know what? He posted the funniest. You know, like before and after thing on Instagram. It was like they show him and like wrap the fuck up. Oh, he, he's that. Lo- yeah, looking yeah, like yeah. Han Solo on yeah. Hoth and shit. Uh-huh. And next photo, next next to it is him on his boat, just like <laughs> going, <laughs> out, like, ah, going to the sunset. I was like, yeah, <laughs> see? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the thing. Yeah, that's, 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 that's that network money. That's not real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's real. Well, yeah, if, I'm, if I'm on set, on a stage, absolutely, yeah. Definitely still doing that. My man Milton Latrell from Shop Agriculture in Chicago still lacing me with the suit. So, oh, yes. I mean, it's still a cool thing, man. Yeah. And it's, it's it's a fun little thing to do. And it, I mean, it, well, first of all, it's, look, it's respect, though, to like the throwback. You well, know it, it's, I mean? a, it's, a, it's a personal thing for mm-hmm. me because, you know, I used to, back in the day when I was struggling out mm-hmm. here, I would go to the DJ lobby and just look at the photos of right. the directors. Yeah. And, and they just, was all in suits, wasn't And it? once again, mm-hmm. you, you got to feed your dream. Right. And yeah. standing in that lobby would feed my dream. Like, I see these directors, like, wow, they got no suits. First of all, I was like, man, they got no suits on set. Wow, that's interesting. All right. I said, you know what? In the Mojave and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I said, you know what? When I get to a point, I'm going to do that mm. on Fridays. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that was a pledge to myself. Mm-hmm. So doing it on Fridays is reminding to myself that, you know, of, of that moment in that lobby mm. when I made that choice. Because like so, you, know, you, you never want to you never want to lose perspective and you, you can never forget where you came from. Right. Nope. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that reminds me. I was like, who does that every day? Um, Eric Stoltz does it every day on set. Does he really? And, and, uh, and, and, and Sam uh, Raimi. Sam Raimi Sam does it all, Yeah, suit and yeah. tie every day. Because he said yeah. the same thing because he was like, it's an homage to the old guys. Dude, I mm. snuck on Spider-Man set when they were shooting downtown LA years ago, mm. the first Spider-Man. Okay. And I'm like, looking around for the director, 
see this little guy in a suit surrounded by the whole crew. I'm like, he has on a suit. Wow. <laughs> huh. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah, so I mean it's cool, man. And then also, man, you know, when I'm in certain places, I didn't even realize this, man, but I was shooting an episode of Power mm-hmm. uh last summer and I had on a little something and we we're on on set on location. You got kids looking at you. Mm-hmm. Like, well, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and the audience. He looks important. Right. <laughs> so, They're yeah. like, man, this dude, because the kid, like, I saw you with your suit on, and I want to be like you when I grew up. I'm like, oh, wow. You I don't realize love how yeah. people see you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you, you, I'm, I'm Perception. Working. Yeah, perception. Mm-hmm. That's, that's important. You know what I'm saying? And so, any children of color seeing me, you know, doing my thing, that, that's, that's also, you know, something that I didn't even think about that initially, but it has become something that you keep in mind because, you know, you. You know, you know, you can give a kid, you can plant a seed in a kid right. and change their life. You know what I'm saying? Just like, like Spike did for me, would do the right thing. I'm like, I want to do that for the rest of mm-hmm. my life. You know what I'm saying? So now know. we we see you get the nomination for uh, NAACP Image Awards. Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it is it the same process to get the GGA Awards? That's a whole other process. Is it? Yeah, I mean, in, NAACP. It's a uh, it's a it's a you know a category got nominated for Snowfall mm-hmm. and uh, and Godfather of Harlem, so I was competing against That's myself. Right, you had two and still lost. <laughs> <laughs> against a nobody name. It I mean, nobody. you know, you know, you going against you know, but I mean, I had Anthony Hemingway, Hanley <laughs> so, Culpepper, and Barry Jenkins. I'm, exactly. I said, I'm with some heavyweights. Yeah, okay, man. that's what's up. I mean, it's great to get nominated, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it helps remind you of you know your hard work and your effort, but. Charles Murray said it to me best. He said, man, don't get caught up in all that, man. That's not what got you here. You know what I'm saying? The minute you start focusing on that, you're going to lose the magic that got you where you are. And I said, that's a very profound statement, man. And we were, we were, sorry to interrupt you. We were just talking about, because I'm, I'm, I'm recording this uh, scripted podcast thing we're doing tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him about how I had to let an actor go. And, this exact thing. Like, they believe they're bigger than they are Mm -hmm. and they have all these demands. And I'm like, Girl, you're on that one job. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know yeah, what I mean? But, I mean, but, it, but to, to me, it's like it's the it's the wrong focus, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, do I want an award or do I want to like, you know, do my dream project? You know, mm-hmm. and I want to do my dream project, but I get there because I'm focusing on the work and doing the best work on everything that I'm doing to right. get to that position. If I'm just trying to like, <clears throat> oh, I got to do this to get the award. I mean, it's like. How do you even know how to do that? Like it's it's almost like you're trying to be a people pleaser mm-hmm. at that point because it's really beyond your control if the if the how the work's gonna be perceived yeah, by by anybody, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So what you really want to do is how do I make it the best that it could be of the story that I was given? Because mm-hmm. if you like you said, I mean, you made a great point about like you know everything is is stemming down from the story, right? Everything, mm-hmm. yeah, and and. You can say I can make this about me because I want to do the flashy shit, mm-hmm. or it's like I want to make sure that this story is told the best <clears throat> way that it possibly can be. Yeah, you know. Let let me shoot some of these folks some bail in that situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell it, it's tell all it. about perspective, man. Mm-hmm. Certain actors, man, not just actors, directors in in every aspect. We have all eaten varying degrees of shit. Mm to get to where we are. We've been stepped on, looked over, we've been rejected, mm-hmm. all that, just to get a semblance of achievement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you have to keep in mind the toll it takes on one psyche. You know what I'm saying? So if, if someone is expressing ego 
it's because you know their self worth has been decimated. Yes, you know what I'm saying. So I, as as opposed to me just saying, man, get over yourself, blah blah blah. I, I always try to understand, like, okay, who knows what this person mm-hmm. went through to get to this position. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So I always keep that in mind. So you think like a fish. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. like you you got to keep that in mind because they went through God knows what to get here. So yeah. they get to feeling themselves. And and I always tell cats. I've had to tell a couple of things. Listen, man. One way or other, the game is going to humble you. Mm. Whether you acknowledge it or not, it's going to humble you. And, and the, the what's crazy about it is you have no idea how it's going to humble you, mm. but it's going to humble. Well, that's mm. well. You know what? That's a great point. It's a great thing to I think to talk about. And this is because you and it goes back to you were saying about like the plans and the pivot and these guys like you read the books, the Phil Knight and everyone and what's the guy's name who just stepped down from Disney? He's got a cool book. Um, Ride of a Lifetime. What the mm. fuck's his name? Uh, oh, I gotta get the, the, the guy who just stepped, dude, oh, who, who ran Disney yeah. for the last 10, uh, 20 years. Mm, um, mm. Uh, Iger, Bob Iger, yeah. Bob Iger. Yeah, Ride of a Lifetime. It's like... You got the ghetto birds out there and they coming to get you, Carl. See? Everything yeah. you do <laughs> that involves other people and their egos and money is going to find a way to humble you mm-hmm. because you have a, cause, cause you have a perception about... Here's my path to get to where I want to go, mm-hmm. and you're and you're walking that path, and and all of a sudden the bullshit happens to you, and stuff that you never would expect, right. and it's like, and and you got to stop and say to yourself, I need to reassess. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like we talked about earlier before we got on. It's like I need to make some reassessments because what that's why I said you had a year. Uh, <laughs> you know. Wait, wait. Did he have a hell of a year? No, no. Leave it, no, there's gonna, be, there's gonna be no modifier. There'll be no modifier. Just vocal tone. That's all we gotta do. But, 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 but the point about that is, is that you gotta reassess when those when those moments happen. And the thing is, they like if you get humbled by this outside force. Like you said, it has this ability to tear you down in a certain way, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it's and it really takes a lot of like fortitude and and an understanding of your own psyche to to you know to take because you know I was telling someone the other day, um, what is it? You know, you get stabbed in the heart or you get stabbed in the back, right? But but if, <laughs> but if someone stabs you in the back of the heart, they're really fucking with you. And um, I was, yeah, I was <laughs> like, yeah. And it, when those things happen, that's when you really gotta like, you know, sit back and 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 say, do I have the strength to do this? And this goes back to this. It's it's like, where's the dream still? Like, for, I, like you know, I'm, I'm, you know what? You mentioned the thing about the DGA, the the pictures, because mm-hmm. they changed those now. You know, yeah, they're all, all they're all modern stuff. Like everything, mm-hmm. before, it was because because yeah. yeah, it used for, to be all the historical for, for black time, and white. Old school, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're still black yeah. and white now, but they, but they're like films from like the eighties and nineties oh, okay, and two thousands. I'm and yeah. there's you know, contemporary now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but but I but like I got photographs. I mean, like maybe fifteen of those. You know, the the older ones. Mm-hmm. Let's do the same thing. So I go there and I go. This is like what. I wanted to do. Right. This is like the uh, like this is like the painter in the studio. Right. He's the version of that for mm-hmm. for yeah. for this, you know. And and that one always. Cause I used to tell my brother. I used to go, uh, like you know the the movies would screen at the at the DGA, and I always go. I want to go there. I want to go there. He's <clears throat> why you want to go there? Blah blah blah. I was like because this this moment of when you go in that to that just in the lobby before you even go to the theater mm-hmm. of like everyone who has like got into this to this building. 
because of their work yeah. is there's something they had to do to do this and it yeah. and it's inspiring yeah. and you know it's, it's, and those photographs were, I think the the most famous one in there might have been like George Stevens when he did like Placing the Sun I think of that month with 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 uh, Shelly Winters and mm-hmm. uh, not Shelly Winters but uh, Liz Taylor and your, and Monique that that I think that might have been the f- most famous one in there right mm-hmm. but it's like but the rest of those people all got in here too and they yeah. all were like doing the work that you got to do and that is back to your dream. Don't lose sight of that yeah. about whatever the fuck is happening. But but even piggybacking off of that, there's something about even the building. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times did you just drive by the building wishing you were a part of that? Yeah. You know, like as we did, we wanted to be in the Writers Guild or whatever. Yeah. Like that same yeah. thing. And uh, there was, the, I'll tell you guys a quick little story. So about, I don't know how many years ago, 12 years ago maybe, my husband, um, it was my birthday. So we were going to go to lunch, we go to dinner. And so we were planning to go. And we go out to the car. We're dressed up. And my husband <laughs> walks past the car. Usually he opens my door. Like, that's how nice he is. He, and I'm standing there by the door going, motherfucker, open the door. <laughs> Spoiled. <laughs> and he says, and I hear him, like, go bloop, bloop, like across the way. And he had Aston Martin sitting there. Then he rented. Right? Because <laughs> he knows it's my favorite car. So we get in the car. We go on our thing. We go eat. And we leave. Well, on our way home, this is how, how cool he is. He pulls in to the, on the curb of the DGA and wants to take a photo of me there because he knows it's one of my dreams right That's at the time. Yeah, yeah. And um, that brings to life to me what you guys are talking about right now. You know what I mean? You call to it. You mm-hmm. ask for it. Mm-hmm. You, and you do everything you can to get that dream. Right. But seeing people do it, like you said, the kids seeing another black man, you know, in a suit running a set, they're like, man, it could be me too. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I, I just love shit like that. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's inspiring. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, and you always want to plant seeds of inspiration when you can. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's why, I mean, you always have to be, remind yourself of how you talk to people, who you talk to, because, you know. I, I get a lot of filmmakers hit me up now, and I always have to. Some of them come correct, some of them come entirely incorrect. Mm. And my patients got short with a couple of them, and I had to kind of learn that lesson on yeah. how to, you know, modify how I respond to them because yeah. sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So at, least, at the very least, teach them like, yo, don't approach filmmakers like this that mm. you don't know because yeah. they won't take you seriously. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do that. You yeah. know. And, and then mm. you know, also just you know, just. Trying to figure out like how can I best, you know, serve someone without it being at a cost to me? Because sometimes it can be draining. I mean, some, sometimes the expectations are just <laughs> ridiculous. Like you have to couch your expectations because you want X, Y, and Z when you haven't done A. Mm-hmm. Go do A, then go do B, then do C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> <laughs> then come back and holler. Then we're gonna talk about H I J K. Okay, so and and you know, it's it's great because you, you give them homework, mm-hmm. and that separates everybody. Yeah, who, who gonna right. go do the who homework? gonna go do yeah. the homework? Who yeah. gonna go do the homework? Yeah. I mean, that is the, there is nothing. You know, it's like people think that um, writing, directing, getting your shot. There's like a secret sauce to it. And it's a, some sort of like the equivalent would be like the fucking get rich quick scheme. Mm-hmm. They think there is that. Everyone thinks there is that. They don't realize that. I mean, and, and look to a degree, there is an outlier every year who who who's able to who's able to get that. Yeah. But but the, yeah. and and that person, One. yeah, <laughs> you know, and that person yeah. gets the spotlight because the town needs that kind of like plucked from nowhere person to help. 
fuel the, the, the dream, yeah, the, the, the mystique dream, of what it the is. Mystique of the dream. But most people, you have to do the work. You have to like. You have to understand the work. So you guys were saying earlier about the Will Smith thing. You I gotta say, if, at the very least, if you don't read, if you don't read the book, just read the the intro. Yeah. Fucking listen to it. Just listen to it. Yeah. The, the story his father teaches him. Oh man. Brick by Dude. brick. Brick yeah. by brick. That shit. Yeah. So that is the most. I broke out crying thing. several times in that book. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. Th- that is the, the ultimate mantra, mantra because that is what this is all about. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's building it brick by brick and not complaining about how long you're going to be at it, but just yeah. immersing yourself in the process and saying, let me just focus on the process. So, you know, a, a lot of these younger folks want things now and instantaneous. Mm-hmm. They have this microwave mentality and I, having aversion to doing the, the hard work. Because And, and I, I, once again, I try to be respectful and mindful mm-hmm. of people's perspective. Right. Man, this shit ain't pretty. Mm-hmm. It ain't fun, really, either. You know, when you in the lab, it, you know, everybody out partying, having a good time, and you're like, I got to go over this, and I got to dot this I and cross this T and make sure I do this and that so I can be prepared and be excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fun. Right. It's not fun. It's not fun. I, I, mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing interesting, too, that you were saying earlier. We're not going to get into the details, but it's like, you know, you were, you were leaving the set and calling your girl every day. You know, um, even the, but here's the thing. Even the days like that that are grueling and beat you down that happen, you still ultimately say to yourself, but here's the thing. You still know that you have succeeded in achieving what is a dream of yours. Yeah. And and it might be a bad situation, but you know, but but in your head you could also be saying to yourself a lot like I could be working at the agency still. Mm. Yeah. And not and, and hate every moment yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But you and, have to and acknowledge it's, and it's the same shit going on with the bad people in the office. Yeah. <laughs> there. But, but you also have to acknowledge your feelings in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Oh, for you're, sure. You're, you're, you don't yeah, gloss yeah, yeah. over them. No, no, you can't. You say, you I can't. am not happy yeah. right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is some bullshit right now. <laughs> then you get back, you get into the the, 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 yeah. the zen of it right. down the road, but you got to say, man, this shit was not cool. I'm not happy with how this just went through, blah, 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 blah. And you can't let them see you sweat at the same can't, time. Yeah, you can't let them see you sweat. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I was, you know, I was telling you the other day, I was talking with Joel Thompson. Is mm-hmm. he somebody you know? Have you met Joel Thompson? He's, he's like a he created superstition. He, he he's just got off of the um, the new band of brothers. The the, no. the thing, but great guy. You should meet him. Yeah, great really guy. Cool, yeah. Um, and you know we were talking about some stuff, and you know he really helped me. Uh, we had like this long, long lunch one time, like three three four years ago, and he's like, dude, I'm so happy that you have got. I'm, he was like, I remember when we sat down, you were like, I want to get him a blah, blah, blah. Now here you are after two shows, two seasons. And he was like, but you know, and I, he's like, is there anything you want to complain about? Is there anything was bad? I was like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I said, I said, look, you know, there is things I could complain about. But in the grand scheme of things, no, mm-hmm. because you learned. I, I learned and 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 the 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 overall result is positive. Right, right, right. You know, right. I mean, look, yeah. the, there were some hard fucking weeks. Mm-hmm. I, that that see that I, yeah, I, I, people don't know this. I, I don't know if I told you the story, but it was like after I turned in season two. I mean, my episode of season two. I was just waiting around. No one told me if I was going to come back. Mm. For, for a like, couple months, for like for was, about three weeks, three four yeah, it was, weeks. Yeah, it was a while. I knew it. There was no <clears throat> discussion. Did they like the script? 
Do they like me? And, you know, <laughs> like, great like, like, like right. was I coming back? Mm-hmm. You know, like anything like that. And I just was like, the anxiety level was really crazy because I was like, I'm sorry to get here. He what's, wasn't sleeping. What's I mean, gonna happen, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then one day we just came into the room and the guy was like, welcome to season three. And I was like, <laughs> No, well, that's the game. Right. Silence. It, 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 All of a sudden, the check went up. Yep. You like silence? Then activity. You know, but yeah, but it's like, but it, but but I was like, well, okay, but 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 those three weeks of not knowing was really mm-hmm. like complicated on me emotionally. Like you right. said, yeah. it's something you have to you have to like acknowledge that you got to acknowledge it. Yeah. And then you have to mentally fortify yourself yeah. because those three weeks could have been hell for you, and that's it just based on your perspective. <laughs> yeah, and. To them, like, oh yeah, he's coming back. Like, it's a exactly, it's an exactly. Mm-hmm. But they just didn't tell you. Didn't tell me, yeah. right? You know, what I'm saying? just like with, with actors and their auditions. And I've seen actors just beat themselves up about mm-hmm. an audition. I'm saying, yo, listen, you you could do everything right and not get the role. You yep. do everything wrong and get the role. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you can't beat yourself up because there's so many different factors involved with this casting. Sometimes yeah. you're like, I can work with them though. Yeah, you know, and that that's yeah. why, and that's it. Yeah, or, or they're like, you know what? We need someone to match this person. Yep. So this wouldn't be a good fit. Right. Once again, it has nothing really to do mm-hmm. with you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So when, when actors beat well, themselves up and so forth, it's just well. Here's the shit that here's the shit. Yeah, look at the big picture all the time. I mm-hmm. heard about that that you would never, you can never like like even imagine this as an actress or an actor. I remember someone that said, "Oh, we're not casting her because she looks like a teacher who I hated." Wow, that's fucking. Mm. You know, and he was—that's personal. I mean, it's, yeah, pers- it's personal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's personal, personal. But it's like, well, <clears throat> you're not going to bring that person. But as the actor, you can't control any no. of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's got nothing to do with you. What you do, you could have been the best person, technically, yeah. and or emotionally for mm-hmm. it. But then these other kind of triggers with people are not going to allow you to get to work. So you just, you, so you can't, you can't hold that shit yeah. at all. Can't hold it. That happens yeah. all the time, though. I know it happens all the time. Yeah. How do you? How do you feel? Let me ask you that. Have you been, and you don't have to be specific about anything, have you been in any situations where you're in the casting situation and the producers decide they want to go with somebody because they have a lot of followers? Has that ever happened to you? No. See, and that's the thing I keep telling people. That doesn't really happen as much as people think. People talk about it like as if it's a thing. It's not that known in a sense I've that... I've never experienced that before. Nobody's willing to risk it with that kind of money. No, <laughs> you no, know what I no, mean? No one said, like, let's, let's count, let's check their follow. No one's ever even said, what's their social media? <laughs> no. It's like, can they do the job? Are right. they eliciting a performance that we believe? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, here's the thing. If you have 10 million followers, but we put the camera on you and you're dead... Yeah. We fucked up. Yeah. And, those and people are and good and at you're being, in a scene with an active beast. Right. Yeah, you, those people are good at being themselves. Right. That, that, I think that's more of the reality show landscape, mm-hmm. possibly. But yeah, script in terms of scripted, no one's ever said. Let's let's check the well, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, and if they did talk about a side eye, like <laughs> that would warrant a whole different conversation. <laughs> like, wait, what are we doing here? What are, what's, exactly. What's here? So, I mean, I mean look, yeah. there, there was that one story about. The Florida Project, right? right? The woman who's in the Florida Project who plays the mom. Mm-hmm. They, the guy Sean Baker had seen her on social media, mm-hmm. and was like, and, and and was using her clips as the, hey, I want you to act like her. Oh, the reference point. Reference point. The reference point. You know. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't find anyone to really knock it, so they went and actually got her. 
Okay. You know, but uh, but the thing That's is different. But yeah, but 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 the thing is, you know, what we want you to do what you're doing already. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no act. There's no real acting. So you just be you and say the lines. Mm-hmm. But that's like a very rare case. But that got blown out of proportion of like, oh, they found her on social media. Right, found right, her on right, social right. media. Yeah. They didn't find her. Find her like she was just out of the blue, mm-hmm. and we're gonna get yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. Well, there's always a, a spin. Yeah. To make it more uh, enticing to folks. Yeah. But I tell actors, man, they can utilize social media as a calling card all the time. You, you can put your skills on display. Mm-hmm. Thirty second monologue, minute long monologue. Just you know, you know. It, like this one actor was like, man, how how do I get seen? I said, dude, I challenge you to do a monologue a day for a month. Mm. Do that. He said, man, that, that that would take a lot. I said, it would. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, you do something like that, yeah. somebody gonna see it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're doing them well, right. yeah. consistently on that consistent right. of a basis. Right. I, I said, I understand the level of immersion it will take to learn a monologue a day for a month. I get you. I said, even if you did ten in a row, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But that separates you because then you have something to show people. You know, because I, you know, folks hit you up like, yo, how do I get on TV? <laughs> see, that's the shit I hate. That's the shit. And I get that. Oh, I get it no, too. But see, but see, no, 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 no. No. That's the shit that I hate because it makes me feel like I'm being disrespected. It's, I can see if there was no internet and no books and no nothing mm-hmm. ever, yeah. but because it's like Google. Yeah. How do I become an actor? Yeah. <laughs> How do I become a writer? How do I sell a script? Yeah. Everything is out there. Yeah. So what you're telling me is you didn't take five minutes. Mm-hmm. You want me to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And to me, that that shit well, burns So I, I used to bite at cats when they did that. Now mm-hmm. I just be like, listen, if you want to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. don't ever approach anybody like this ever again. You lies Google. Look at actors that you admire. Mm-hmm. Study how they got on right. in their path, and then incorporate that into your own strategy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then end it with a good luck, right. and that's it. I mean, I don't have to have a conversation with this, them again or anything like that. But I want them, as opposed to me just barking at them, because there's so much negativity on social media and comment sections as it is. I said, sure. let me give them something different that they can actually use if they're serious. Well, just be positive. You can be yeah. positive. Oh, so. You know I'm always well, positive, you know, but, but it burns but, me. But, but, but <laughs> no, it, it takes a toll, man, because yeah. they just, this generation has so much access. They have, they have, they have more access than anybody has ever had in, in, Absolutely. in, in society, in history. Right. And they don't utilize it. Mm-hmm. They go to the same things. I'm like, yo, I tell kids, you don't really have to go to film school anymore. Oh, no. YouTube, podcasts, and Man, you can you can literally download USC's curriculum <laughs> yep. and study on your own if, yep. if, if 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 that's what you really want to be on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you, you have access to so much information, technology, and so forth. You can teach yourself everything. So, people just don't seem to mind. They kind of keep their 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 yeah their their bubble. They have their a bubble. bubble. They have a bubble. They, they keep their ex- yeah. experiences you know limited. And they, so they, and they don't experiment anywhere. Like I can't tell you how many writers I talk to, and they're like, "Oh, I want to write comedy." I'm like, "Yeah, but did you see that new drama about whatever?" And they're like, "I don't write drama." I'm like, "Yeah, but did you read it?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you grow from reading though. I was like, "I don't care about three camera, but I've read things from Two and a Half Men and whatever just to see what they did." Yeah. you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you want to at least have an understanding. Yeah. So yeah. you can have conversation. Yeah. You know, go ahead, I'm sorry. I think you're saying about the, the monologue is interesting because, you know, what you could do for something like that, for for anybody, you could record 10, mm-hmm. you know, like, and like and, and, and bank them. Yeah. And then drop them every day for 10 days yeah. in a row. And it, every week, whatever. You know, boom, or, boom, or, boom. or do 30 and say, yeah, I'm about yeah, to do it for a month. Yeah, yeah you're you know, right. Yeah. Bank yeah. It, so it's not like you have to, like, learn one every day. Like it's just a daunting thing. You find mm-hmm. something cool, but it's like, hey, you know what? Like spend two months, 
get your 30 or whatever, 15, whatever it is, spend mm-hmm. your time, mm-hmm. and then drop those, is, you know, rapidly, and everyone's going to be like, fuck you. See, that way they can be good. And people can people will say you're serious. Yeah. Actually, I think Kareem Grimes was doing a version of that. And I think about it. Yeah. Oh, he was posting like these mm-hmm. auditions. You yeah. know what I mean? That he was mm-hmm. doing. I was like, Oh, you yeah. posting the actual audition? <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, four thousand people would hit that shit. You know what I mean? That's not it's not yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know? got to have creative ways to get eyeballs on you mm-hmm. to benefit you. I mean, because we are we are all our own company. Right. So which we, we're cultivating our own brand. So. I mean, if you want to be an actor, you know, that's the best way to create a calling card and so forth. So, I mean, because, like, like I said, this game is designed to break you mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Not just break you, but if you're in here in cahoots with somebody, to tear y'all apart. You know Completely. what I'm saying? So, you know, because of that, I always got to keep in mind, like, okay, where's this person coming from? Okay, you're an asshole today, but what made this person <laughs> an asshole? For you know sure. And sometimes, when you, sometimes you can cut right through that. Mm-hmm. And when they see you cutting through it, it fucks them up. Because they're like, I'm used to putting Medusa because right. people come. But you come like, man, dude, you must have went through some serious shit mm-hmm. to, to act this way now. And they'll come back like, yeah, I did. Yeah. I went through this, this, and this, and this. Mm-hmm. And you say, like, man, dude, I, I hear you. But this doesn't serve you now. Right. You're past that. Mm-hmm. You've accomplished and you've achieved, and, and you know you you have genuine conversations with them. And once again, it gets back to the humanity of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, you know, you can break through those walls where because everybody has a guard up. Which man, I totally understand. Sometimes yeah. you got to come here with your guard up. Yeah, you got to come here with your guard up. You got to come ready to fight. But you gotta get, you gotta know why you need to have your guard you up. You, you know what I mean? Right. Why okay. you have your guard up? When is it? When's, when when is it appropriate? Are you fighting with someone that is an opponent? Right. Or are you fighting with someone that is trying to help you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the big thing. For know? sure. For and sure. I'm just saying, since I've been here, man, I mean, I, I got into the game kind of late. You know what I'm saying? <clears> so <throat> I'm like, the time I'm here, the goal is to uplift, pull, and, and, and spread Wait, as much as can you break you can. in over 40? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I did. I mean, like, that's we, what I'm saying. We all did. Things happened for me. It, it, it was so late in the game. For me, right. people had pretty much given up on me. They're like, oh, wow. you still at that? Oh. <laughs> now everybody like, I knew you were going to do it. Exactly. Now, now they now all believe in you. Now you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but once again, that, that, that time really helps you realize, like, is this what you really want? Like, yeah, yeah this is what you You know, there's, really a, there's a woman who directed, Perry Tinkles was saying this on on. December. I remember reading this. There's a woman who directed episode five of Station Eleven, mm-hmm. and uh, Barry was like, she didn't direct her first episode of television. She was 48. Wow. Mm-hmm. And she's like 70 something now. Oh wow. And and she did and she did an episode that he was like amazed by. Mm-hmm. You know. So even at that late stage in her life, mm-hmm. she's still like you know. She was fucking putting out the goods. Yeah. Because honestly, you can. I think a lot of directors, particularly film directors, if you look at the, you know, like Tarantino wants to stop after 10 films, he feels he's going to fall off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like you have to kind of like, you have to find a way to reinvent yourself in a certain way. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't know how difficult that is. But really, really, they get a cushy life. They have all this kind of stuff. They're like, oh, it's a lot of work to come in and redo. I mean, you look at so many directors and the, the and the and you can kind of see where their their directory hit that plateau. Hit the plateau, mm-hmm. and then they do like two or three bad movies, and right. then they're done. 
and then they die 20 years later and it's mm-hmm. like like where's you get back Robert Altman and you die a few months after you do your last movie mm-hmm. you know where he like worked in, I mean not that he worked himself to death but he worked till, he was sick when he was, when he was mm-hmm. I, I, something I didn't realize until recently is he was sick when he was doing Prairie Home Companion and um, P.T. Anderson was like his backup director so he was like there the whole day in case he, you know, like saw some stills. He's like wearing the oxygen mask and shit like that. And it was wow. like in case, you know. So he was, but he was like wanted to do it. He didn't have mm-hmm. to. He didn't have to do the movie. He just uh, wanted to. Yeah. Probably kept him alive yeah, longer. You know, yeah, 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 yeah probably did. Yeah, you know, doing. I mean, George know. Miller was seventy two doing Mad Max Fury Road. So right. yeah. and he's probably gonna be eighty when he gets the next one out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which they're doing, which so, is fucking you know, insane. And at seventy two, he. You know what he did? He he made one of the best action films oh, that's in terrible. the last twenty years. Yeah, we never seen shit like that. No, you know, no. how hard is that to do? Never. You know, no, anyway. no, not at all. Yeah. Well, thank you, Carl. Man, always good to see you, buddy. Hey, man, always a pleasure. Guys. You know, we're, keep, we're I, so proud of you. I buddy. still listen to the you know to the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't talk to you all as often as I love to, but you all are still doing it, man. Still bringing in great people with amazing stories and amazing yeah. backgrounds and giving up pertinent pertinent information to a whole new generation that. You know, it, it, it gives them a blueprint yeah. and a map. Say, okay, I want to do this. Because I, I recommend it, the podcast to folks all the time. Like, yo, if you don't know anything about it, just start there mm-hmm. and just listen. And you'll start to get ideas on how to navigate and the craft and how to, you know, how to, you know, com- com- comprise and put together screenplays and content. So, you know, it's a, a very valuable commodity, guys. So I applaud you all yeah. as always. And, you know, I'm always rooting for you all. Come good to the sun. The sun want to see you. Come get that D. Come get that D. Man. <laughs> it's always good seeing you. Yeah, these, these winters are tough, boy. I tell you. Boy. Hey, man. This, is a, this is a bubble, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's 80 yeah. degrees outside. Yeah, only here. <laughs> Hop on that plane, you get all like, oh, 32 in the wind oh, chill factor. God. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Rain nonstop, mm-hmm. gray skies. Don't go weeks without seeing the sun. Yeah, that's real, man. Production is, <laughs> production is a trip, man. But it's all good. Yeah, we super proud of you. Uh, where can people follow you? Where you at? I am at Mr. Carl Seaton on uh, all social media. Uh, I, my DMs, I can't say they're trash anymore. Now people hit me up <laughs> to get connected to the actors I work with. Oh, now, no, which no, is no, a trip. So, you know, <laughs> Yo, nah. can you connect me to? <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you know, it's such and such single. I'm like, why are you asking me? <laughs> Hilarious, man. You know, I don't really entertain too much. Most right, of them, right. I just ignore. I got a script so. for Queen Latifah. Can we? Uh... Like, yo, so you work with Queen? Yo, I got this. This would be perfect for. And like now, I get a lot of people hit me up to want to do like because of the snowfalls of it all. Like, mm. oh, I, matter of fact, I got an episode of Snowfall dropping this Wednesday. Oh, nice. I directed episode seven. I was signing so the hammock. Yeah, new season just started. Yeah. Nice. And then uh, we got to that. I got an episode of Power Force nice. uh, with Tommy coming, mm-hmm. and then uh, an episode of Bull. In April, Equalizer, late April, Naomi in May. Wow, like every month you got so, new yeah, shit. Yeah, got a roster of stuff. What, what's the on. next thing you, can you say the next thing you're going to go shoot? Yeah, I uh, I start on Reasonable Doubt in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. Yeah, oh, that's that? it. What is that? Uh, it's a Hulu show. Yeah, is that okay, the yeah. Myth, the mm-hmm. lawyer show? Which yeah. One? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but we know some people in those rooms. That's can't remember. I don't know anything yeah. about that. Yeah, so looking forward to doing that. I go do Power in May in Chicago and then Godfather of Harlem in uh in June. Nice. Oh, with Chris yeah. Brancato. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. Brancato. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Chris, Chris is a hilarious guy. He's, he's funny. Yeah. He's funny. So, yeah, that, that's, it's that's funny. It, you know, he, he, when I posted about Star Trek, like he called okay. he hit, called me and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you, dude. That's dope. I've known him for like a long time. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and he tried to get me on yeah. um, 
Godfather, yeah. just a lot of stuff. It's just it's always. I would like, love to written like, on that just, show. Just not good yeah. timing with him. Yeah, but he's, yeah. he's a great. Chris dude. is a good dude, man. He's, he's a great, dude, great dude. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fortunate, man, because I mean, and that's the thing, man. When you when you find yourself working with good people, you cling to them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you don't take them for granted. You know. And uh, I, I've been blessed to work with some amazing people that, you know, just want to tell good stories, man. Yeah. And and I, I constantly find myself around people that are extremely talented, extremely successful, and have achieved a great deal, but extremely humble about it. Their heads aren't in the clouds, uh, not up in their, uh, not up their ass, anything like that. They just low key about it, you know. What I'm saying, and, and like you wouldn't even know what they're on mm-hmm. unless you knew what they're on. Right. And I'm like, that's the best way to move. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so, you know, that keeps me fortified. Like, okay, there's there's a certain way to move, certain way to achieve, and just keep my head down. I I, I call myself a blue collar filmmaker, man. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not a flashy kind of guy. I'm not mm-hmm. even a look at me type of person. It's, I'm all I'm, I'm under the hood. Checking the oil and getting the <laughs> grease all on my face and all that kind of stuff, man. So you know, because yeah, it's all about the work. You know, know my name and know my work. You don't really have to know me. I don't need yeah. to have you know autographs and photos. I don't, I don't need all that. It's just when you, you know, see just, my name, just, like this dude was putting just his photo in the DGA. That's all. We ain't asking for much. Hey, man, you know, that ain't much. If that happens, great. But it's all about the work, man. Yeah, man. So you know, just trying to establish a brand like if you see an episode of mine you just know there's some thought in it mm-hmm. some execution in it some level of excellence man i'm starting to, i know we're about to wrap up but i'm starting to notice when i watch your episodes that it's you like paris when i see his episode anything he does i know i, I first shot it, yeah, I, I know it's how, how so the, he's a slow there's this little scene thing he does that is just like a creep in smooth mm. shots everything mm. is Perfect. Mm. You know, I just the way. I, I, Come a little closer. You know, I, there's, I, I noticed that I because I haven't. Uh, I noticed that when I saw one of your Batwomans because I had watched like a mm. Snowfall and then we were talking about it and then like I literally watched the episode like day or two later. I was like, oh, now I see this because I just seen something else you did. You know, I could mm. see ba- two mm. back and back things. I was like, oh, I can't. And it's been a minute since like the first season. Mm. But there is, but it's interesting to Pacing to, is what I see with you. To, mm. to, to, yeah. To just to tell what's happening, you know. And there's always like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I remember there was a shot you did in the Batwoman where she was like driving into like a bar and you had this really interesting crane shot and it like moved up. I was like, oh, that was really cool. Mm. Because of like, because you kind of like showed me her coming in and then the space and then came back down to her. I was like, oh, so that, I don't know. It was just something I, I remember that like, uh, that like state, I remember it now, you know? That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. That's all storyboard stuff, man. <laughs> all storyboard. I love working with storyboard artists, man, because you get to make, and it's funny because I had her, I had the storyboard artist sign it. Yeah. Like, yo, this shit's like a comic book, yo. You got to sign this joint. <laughs> Really? Like, can I keep it? Yeah, she was like, "You really want me to sign?" I'm like, yeah, "Absolutely, man." Then, you know, I put it in my little binder. I'm mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is a this is a keepsake right here. So that is that. But uh, I mean, I try to be invisible. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, I always try to function, tell the story first and foremost. But every now and then, I I I, I get my shit off and say, "I'm gonna I'm hit him with this move right here." So, <laughs> you know, but, you uh, gotta have your fun, otherwise you're not gonna. Oh, enjoy absolutely, it. yeah. And then some shows give give it to you, allow you to to get them off. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. Like Snowfall and Godfather, they, they, they don't have boxes, so mm-hmm. you can really just kind of think out the box. And they encourage it. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, that was really cool. Like, oh, cool. Don't, don't tell me that. Cause I, I keep coming. So. <laughs> I got FOMO. I got FOMO. Like, I will shoot a half court three, Steph Curry, in a second. I will do it. You know what I'm saying? So, And that's the goal, man. You want to get to a point where you shoot them threes like Steph, where you shoot it and you run right. up the court like, it's Look, going in. Ain't even t- I'm, I'm not even looking. Like, it's, it's going in. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I study. I know we're wrapping up no, really right. quickly. I'm good. I study athletes, man. Like, um, I look at Kobe Bryant, who I didn't like as a player. Mm. I wasn't a Lakers fan back in the day. But 
I started to look at how he prepared mm. after he's passed, actually. I didn't know his work ethic was on that level. Mm. He would go oh, to yeah. practice. Before he, everybody, He had right? his own personal practice for a couple hours. Right. Practice with the team, then have another personal practice. You know what I'm mm. saying? Perfecting moves and for hours and hours and hours so that when we're watching him in the game, it looked effortless. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think the goal is to make what you do look effortless. Right. But they don't, have, they don't, but in doing that, it's a disservice because some people just assume oh, it is effortless. Mm-hmm. They don't realize. They make it look the easy. They, they make, make it look, look easy. easy. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So, you know, and, and seeing what he did with injuries and things of that nature right. and having the mindset to strive for excellence is what I take from that. I'm like, okay. I mean, think about your boy Jordan with the, the most, the game he's most known for is that one where he was sick the most. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. still, you know, yeah. one of the games, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying, uh-huh. where, where he played the best when he was sick yeah. because those fundamentals came through mm-hmm. of the, just the constant, yeah. constant, the he knew. He said it best too. He said, that's one, and that's why I rock with Jordan, man. I mean, he so he's an acquired taste from a lot of folks because I know a lot of people who he had encounter, encounters with him that yeah. probably well that doc well, showed you he's a little difficult yeah. but he said he said I didn't ask anybody to do anything I didn't do myself yeah that's true you know what I'm saying so I got that from him same thing with Michael Irvin Michael Irvin is another mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. person who was like I show up every day and say who's going to outwork me mm. you gonna outwork me cool let me see it cause right. I'm going right. and that type of mentality I, I've embraced because you know you, you, you want to be excellent you know what I'm saying and I, I still carry this responsibility whether it's warranted or not, but when I'm on set, there's still not a lot of people that look like me on right, set. Right. And I'm like, okay, I, I know that I'm coming in here. My goal is to not be the last person coming through mm-hmm. here. So if I can open this door wider, pull somebody in, so they get an opportunity to do what I'm doing, that's another reason why I have to you know, prepare the way I prepare and, and strive for a level of excellence because it's much bigger than me. Right. I can't afford to just look out for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That, that 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 accomplishes nothing. I look at John Singleton passed. He passed three years ago now, mm. and I look at all of the people who have careers now because of him. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. a job, uh, straight careers. Uh, grip the motherfuckers. Grip. Mm-hmm. You could fill a whole banquet hall of folks that have straight careers because right. of this man, mm-hmm. and not just in front of the camera, but mm-hmm. behind the camera in the, in the corporate offices and so forth. Right. I'm like, that is the kind of legacy that it's really all about. Right. It's not about, it's cool what you're doing, it's cool about your resume, and your real, and your library, that's great. <clears throat> but we have folks like, yo, he helped get me my first shot. Mm. He got me my SAG vouchers. Mm-hmm. He got me my first speaking role, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He got me my first gig as an operator. He got me my first gig as a DP. That's when it starts to tally up, and that's when you're like, okay, that's impact, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's initially, that's, that's one of my, uh, that's what I'm striving for, man, to help others out. I love it. That's what's up, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Can't wait, you know, to see some shit jump off, you know, in your own shows and shit like that. You know, it's coming, Jack. Yeah, it's, it's coming down the pipeline. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. It's all part of the plan. Where you at, Chris Derrick? <clears throat> I'm at a unauthorized CBD Indeed. on Twitter and Instagram. That's what's up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest, uh, Clubhouse Every Blue Moon. Um, Instagram also follow the show Screenwriters RR on Twitter any questions screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com please go on iTunes Stitcher Apple Podcasts whatever you guys listen to we're all over the world um, please give us a five star review we need that for the metrics what else we got Chris uh, you can support the show at screenwritersrr.com where you can find links to our Patreon page where there are various various uh, various pledge levels I will say and there's merchandise that you can get on the site uh, shortly. 
And uh, yeah, but support the show on uh, on screenwritersrr.com. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. We appreciate all you guys out there who follow us and, you know, get those T-shirts and all that stuff. We appreciate it and take a photo and, you know, we'll definitely blast it and tag it and all that. Um, anyway, a lot of good stuff coming. A lot of cool guests. Not as good, not as cool as Carl, but you know, they are. And uh, <laughs> thank you again, Carl. We love you, buddy. We, we're very proud of you, man. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank you so much, man. Indeed. It's always a pleasure being with you all, man. For sure, thank for you. sure. Join in with me. You guys know how we do it on The Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2022. I always say 2020. What the fuck? <laughs> My old ass, look. <laughs> so Wakanda's done. No Peace, y'all. Damn. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring no game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room.